In this week's episode, Jenny Stone and Katie Singer discuss the recent announcement from PCSE. They have carried out an exercise to reconcile seniority dating back to 2013-14. The first wave of adjustments will appear on your November 23 statements, so this episode covers what to look out for if you spot any unusual numbers. Accountancy on Prescription by RBP, one of the leading firms of medical specialist accountants. We know what you find tough, but don't you worry, as we know our stuff. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Accountancy on Prescription. I'm Katie Singer, one of the partners here at RBP, and today I'm joined by my fellow partner, Jenny Stone. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Katie. And today we're going to be discussing the recent announcement that there are going to be seniority clawbacks or payments to practices in light of a review that PCSE have been doing. So, Jen, why don't we just get stuck straight into basically what seniority is or was, I should say, and how they were originally calculated and what they were in the first place? Yeah, I mean, Katie, I think we thought seniority had gone. And although we knew there probably should have been some adjustments, I think we thought that now in 2023, it was unlikely to happen. But Mm. unfortunately, out of the woodwork has popped these emails. So seniority used to be paid based on each partner's year service. So it was kind of their reckonable years, how long they had worked for the NHS. So it was to reward them for their time working in the NHS. But what they also did is they linked it to your pensionable pay. So basically what they said is, as long as your pensionable pay is above two thirds of the national average of all the GPs in the country's pensionable pay, as long as it's above two thirds, you will get 100% of your seniority entitlement. But if you are pensionable pay, so let's say you were an older GP and you were winding down and your pensionable pay was between one third and two thirds of the national average, you only got 60% of your seniority. And if you were earning less than a third of the national average, i.e. pensionable pay, you didn't get any seniority at all. Now, pensionable pay is obviously the figure per your certificate. So I know, Katie, we used to have lots of clients that had taken their pension, but we still had to prepare them a pension certificate and we used to say to them it's for seniority purposes so that when they come along and review seniority they know what your pensionable pay is. Now seniority was phased out so from 2014-15 up to 2019-20 the amount of seniority was being phased out but what used to happen is you'd have to wait until all of the certificates were processed so they knew what the national average of pensional pay was and then they would do an adjustment it used to be those adjustments would happen a couple of years after you know the year you'd been paid so if you'd been paid for 1415 you kind of would have expected that adjustment to happen 2 years later and i think katie you know that we've got clients where we had some of these old seniority creditors where we knew people had been paid in error and so we would set aside that money and I think it was only this year that we were talking about well this is never going to get looked at now maybe we need to start thinking about writing them off and obviously now look what's happened everybody's getting these oh not everybody but some people are getting these emails about potential clawbacks. And they're not small figures, were they, Jen? I mean, seniority went into the thousands. Yeah, I mean, you know, some older GPs would have got sort of like 10,000, 11,000 for seniority, yeah. And what was quite a common mistake, which, to be honest, we're doing this podcast because we think it's important and we know that 
any adjustments are going to be made for up to 1718 by your November statement. That's why we wanted to get this out before it's available. But we know, because we acted for so many practices who receive seniority, that sometimes a partner would leave. And for years, their seniority would be overpaid, often two or three years. And these, like you say, if you've got a partner who is receiving six, seven, eight, nine thousand pounds of seniority, these are quite large provisions we've got in some of our practices accounts. Yes. And I think, Katie, the adjustments that people are going to see in the November statement are going to be what they've said is they're looking at 17, 18, 18, 19 and 19, 20. So what they've said is that they now have, you know, so many years later, they finally have what the national average pensionable pay is for those years. Although, Katie, I've still got clients that are still trying to sort out pension certificates for those years. So I'm not quite sure that they would actually have everybody's. But anyway, they now saying that they have published what the national sort of a national average, and that's why they're reviewing it. So what we're seeing is there's an email that's going out to say there's seniority adjustments. And what they're giving in this email is they're giving the total for the practice. So the email you're getting, I had a client that forwarded an email to me and it said practice and it got their practice code and it said adjustment total and it was something like £1,700. And then what they're saying is that when you get your November statement, you will have the detail of which partner it relates to. Although interesting, the example in the email they've sent is it will just say the GMC code. It will say what year it relates to, how many years service they had and whether they should be paid 100%, 60% or not at all. What's interesting, Katie, because actually the couple of emails that I've seen, they've all just been a number. And I was like, well, is this a clawback or is it a payment? But we were just chatting, weren't we, before we started recording to yeah, say the ones you've had, I've got minuses in front. So, yeah. so it's not going to be just clawbacks they're looking at. It's also if you were paid at 60% and you should have been paid at 100%, it appears to be that then obviously rightly so, you will get paid that money. So interesting, I've had a few where they've all been positive numbers. And I think, Katie, you've had the reverse, haven't you? Yeah, if you're listening and you're my client, I'm very sorry. Although I did have one and I had to chuckle about it. This exercise must have taken PTSD a particularly long time. And one of my clients received their email saying their practice adjustment was £4.18, a clawback of £4.18. And I thought, how much time have PTSD spent just trying to claw back £4.18? And from the sounds of it, because all of mine have been negative. It was only when we had a chat that you showed me yours and they were positive. And I was thinking, hold on a minute. I thought they were trying to get money. It sounds like they're paying out more than they're getting back in. But, you know, you've got to laugh. Yeah, yeah. As I said to a client yesterday, maybe they should spend more time sorting out all the pension issues than the seniority. But anyway, so what you will see is, and a client of mine asked me, so she actually left on the 31st of March and she said, well, I'm really worried about this. Who's getting the email? So again, you and I have been chatting and actually I've had some clients where the partner has got the email. But actually now what I realise is the email is a total for the practice. I think like Katie, you said, didn't you? It sounds like it's going to whoever maybe is the lead person on PCSE system. So I've had practice managers get it. I had an ex-practice manager get it for a previous practice they were at. We've had partners get it. So you'll get an email, but what you'll really need to look at is the November statement because the November statement will break down the adjustment, whether it's a deduction, whether it's a clawback or whether it's it's paying you money and it will say for each partner who it relates to. 
And for our clients listening, we have access to your PCSE statement. So if it pops up and you think we're not sure what this is, just give one of us a call or an email and we can have a pop on and have a look and see and be able to work out whether it's a clawback or a payment, who it relates to, if it's not necessarily clear for you. Each doctor, I'm hoping it has their name. Yeah. And I was going to say, we've got GMC codes for all our clients. So we'll be able to glance at the statement and go, oh, yes, that's Dr. So-and-so. From the example they've said, they're putting GMC code. You're right. It yeah. will have the doctor's name. Hopefully, they'll be the right name for the right codes. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But I think I've had a few queries about it too, Jen. I think one of the biggest issues, like you said, about your client who's leaving is what do we actually do with this money in the accounts when it drops in or gets clawed back? How are we going to allocate it? And what are the implications for partners currently there, but also who have left? left. No, Katie, so seniority, because it was paid based on the partner's year service, in most practices, it was therefore the income of that partner. I can remember I had one practice where they had a very unusual arrangement where they treated it all as partnership income. But for most, it was allocated to the partner it related to. Now, If the partners are still there, that's easy. If there's a clawback, then when we do the accounts, we will obviously have to deduct it from their profit share. If there's a payment, then they will get that income. The issue is really around partners that have left. So client, and actually perhaps I was with yesterday, the the partners just left. So we brought it up and we said we need to review it. But the issue is, is if you've got partners that have left and there are clawbacks, they will have received that money and therefore... In theory, you need to be going to that partner and saying, look, we've had a clawback of your seniority. You actually need to repay it back to us. And of course, Katie, it's so much harder to get money from ex-partners. But I think practices may have to take a view. I mean, your practice that had £4 clawback, if that relates to an ex-partner, they're probably going to go, you know, what is fine? We'll write that off. But if you've got somebody that's got £3,000 clawback, so I think your first probably approach is to kind of contact those ex-partners and to say that you've had a clawback. You can send them the statements and see whether you can recover the money. It's really difficult if they've been gone. You know, if they retired in 1819, you're not likely. I think it's unlikely you're going to get that money back from them. But are there any partners that have retired in the last year? So I was at a practice yesterday and the partner had retired and we were going through like the final accounts. They hadn't been paid out any of their current account balance. So what I've said to them is, I will go back and review their pensionable pay, or we can wait for the November statement, and I will see whether there's any adjustments. And I will hold back. And what we talked about is maybe we need to hold back some of their money if we think there are going to be adjustments. Because, of Mm. course, we can easily see what clients' pensionable pay was for each of those years. And do we think they're at risk of having a clawback? And we can also, certainly for our clients, Katie, you know, we can go back and see what seniority was allocated to them. We used to do a completely separate schedule on this and we can see whether there is a potential clawback. But I think anybody leaving soon, you're going to need to kind of go, well, maybe we need to hold back some of their current account balance in case there's a clawback. Yeah. And I think you've touched upon it, but the difficulty is going to be in situations and it will arise where you know, if you had an individual leave, say in 17, 18, you know, in, I don't know, June 17, like seven, six, seven years ago, it could potentially be that that practice now has two or three partners none of whom were there in 2017-18, may not even know the individual that it related to. So I think there's definitely going to be some potentially tricky conversations coming up. Another thing to mention, at present, because we're recording this right at the beginning of November, we've only seen your practice summary. 
So Jenny's example says that it's a payment to the practice of £1,700. But what it could be is a payment to one partner of £6,000 and a clawback from another partner yes. of £4,500. And then it gets a bit more complicated. No, and that's Jonathan a really good point, Katie, because actually that's a really good point because that client of 1700 if it's you know, clawback of 4000 for a partner that's left and had left four years ago and there's income of six and the partner where that income of 6000 is still there, they're going to be mm. like, well, hang on a minute, I want my six. I don't just want the net of 1700 So, mm. yeah, we're going to have lots of interesting conversations. And I, and I do... The reality of it is, is I think if you've got a partner that left sort of, you know, three or four years ago, you know, partnership agreements often kind of say as well, once the, the accounts are signed off, you can't kind of try and recover money. So I don't know. It may be very difficult for some practices. And given that the adjustment where you get a clawback is if you were paid at 100 percent and you should have been paid at 60 percent, they are likely to be older partners that were winding down, i.e. their pensionable pay was less because they were doing less sessions. So. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, certainly, as you say, Katie, we're recording this at the beginning of November, so we haven't got those November statements to see kind of what level of adjustments that are going to be there. I was thinking how considerate PCSE are doing this in November, a mere <laughs> two months before the tax deadline. They couldn't have waited till February. <laughs> the thing to touch on is just about practice mergers. So what the advice, and I think there was an email from the LMC was saying that if let's say I've got practices, Katie, where you've got a retiring partner and another practice will go, okay, we'll merge with you and we'll take over your practice. So as far as PCSE are concerned, that practice is, is a continuing practice. So you might have adjustments for a partner that retired and it wasn't, I suppose it wasn't at the time, your practice because it, the merger happened afterwards. My understanding is PCSE will still recover it from your merged practice because it's still in existence. So that's my understanding where it comes to kind of where people have merged and those partners have retired and there could be adjustments relating to them. But it's going to be trying to go back to those ex-partners and getting the money recovered. And. Um many complications but an added complication might be you know at present these are dating back to 1718 we'll touch upon it in a minute but they're actually going back as far as 1314 without wanting to be so morbid it's early in the morning individuals may have already passed away and so that's going to be even more difficult to try and recover the monies from and these aren't small numbers so yes a little bit more complicated perhaps than initially PCSE have really considered yeah, I think PCSE's stance is they've done the reconciliation. They're deducting it from the practice that they get the money. Or like you say, Katie, you know, I, I looked at all of these thinking they were a deduction. But actually, clearly from the conversation we've had, the couple that I've seen are actually a payment to them. So, mm. yeah. I mentioned it just now. At present, the adjustments are for 1718 through to 1920. But we know from the narrative and from the emails we've seen and the announcements that they're actually going to be going back to do reconciliations to 1314. Now, this is where it gets a little bit more, I would say, frustrating for us as accountants, because we have always worked on a rule of what we call statute bar, which is where after seven years, we understood that if a payment or money's due to anybody had lapsed seven years, they were no longer payable. 
Yes. We know that there are exceptions to that rule, however. One of the exceptions to that rule are your pension contributions. So often I go to practices where they have very old pension provisions on their accounts and they say, but it's been seven years, Katie, they're never going to take this money. And I say, uh, one of the caveats is pension. But with this seniority money, we as accountants, we're not necessarily banking on this money being collected 10 years or actually maybe even longer after potential mispayment. I know, Katie, and I think this is why this particular year, wasn't it, we had got some of these seniority creditors that are so old, we were like, we should just write these off. They're not going to look at seniority now. I know I reviewed a set of accounts and I'd I'd put a note forward last year to say, I'll write off the seniority creditor because it's never going to get recovered. We've just done their accounts and I've gone, no, 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 carry that forward because we're having them. So I agree with you. I thought there was this sort of six, seven year rule that you can't go back, but it seems... PCSE have made it very clear that they are currently reviewing adjustments relating to 13, 14 through to 16, 17. And they've just said, we'll provide an update on those adjustments once the review is complete. I mean, for all you know, Kate, it might take them another five years to complete that review. Who knows? I think the argument that PCSE are using is that this money is effectively public funds. You know, it's it's from NHS, i.e. direct from the government, and therefore they can claw it back. And I kind of would get that if they weren't then making the payments out. I just think the whole exercise is quite strange. And like I say, the 17, 18 amounts, okay, fine. Yes, they're frustrating, but they are within that time frame. The ones that are much older, I genuinely think there are going to be some potentially significant issues there because there genuinely will be the partners won't be still there in in the practice yeah so and I agree with you I think they're going back so far your partners come and go you're going to have a lot of and I do think that you know it is the old GPs that obviously got the seniority that got significant amounts they could have been winding down so their pension pay was less than two-thirds of the average they're probably the ones that are getting the claw back and going back to 13 14 like you said those partners are probably well and truly retired but Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's 10 years. We're in 23, 24. I know. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why, Katie, when we saw that email pop up about seniority, we're like, what? We thought seniority was long forgotten. And we kind of had to kind of go back to what was seniority? How was it paid? <laughs> yeah. And actually, Jenny mentioned a client of hers that she said, oh, you know, I'm going to write that off next year. I know personally, especially where they were immaterial. So obviously, as accountants, we work on materiality. If there was a provision that we put aside for, I don't know. £153. And I've thought after seven years, it's £153. Many of those are written off. And what I mean by written off is that money was allocated to the partners probably at the time. If it was a partner who shouldn't have had it, but it was received in error, then yes, fine, I gave it to them. But most of the time, it just went in the pot. Yes. You know, I just allocated (laughs) it against every partner. Luckily, I can't think of any of mine that were particularly large numbers. Generally, if they were material, they're still there because, you know, we work on materiality. But these smaller numbers, yeah, you could have had them and now they're going to claw them back. So my £4.18 client, for example, I think we did do a seniority write-off for them about three years ago. It was a few hundred pounds. Okay. So, you know, that would have offset against it. But it's going back to the 13, 14. We just don't know the implications of those numbers yet. No. And I think, Katie, like you said, we did have some, for some practices, we do, and I know I've got a few that I've seen sort of recently, we still do have seniority creditors. Mm -hmm. So you might get a claw back and think, oh, gosh, but we may have in the account carrying forward a creditor for it that will offset it. So, So I think when we get these adjustments, you know, if you look and they're to do 
with ex-partners, then obviously if your clients of ours, you can contact us and we could kind of look back at the accounts and go, you know, did we make a provision for this? And then we can have a discussion about what you're going to do. But I think where you've got ex-partners, you're going to have to decide, are you going to go back to them and, and ask them for this money back? Or are you just going to absorb that? You know, if it's a clawback, absorb the clawback. And many practices, I know I've, you know, talking of mergers and practices where ex-partners have left, in some situations where there have been, I don't know, but ongoing disputes when they joined, there are quite a few practices I act for who have ex-partners with balances on the balance sheet, monies that are potentially owed to these ex-partners effectively these clawbacks can be offset against that balance. Yes. And this is exactly with one of my clients. They left. And so I looked back and and, and they were very worried about it. So I went back and I said, no, it looks like 17, 18, you should have been paid at 60%. You were paid at 100%. And I think I've calculated that they're roughly, I think they potentially could be a clawback for her about £3,000. But They've just finished negotiating their service charges. And so she's going to have a positive write-off from her Mm. service charges. Mm. So it was kind of like, well, actually, you can offset that clawback. So it might be you've got some practices where you know you're in the process of negotiating service charges. And if there's write-backs that would be positive for those ex-partners, then you could kind of offset the seniority against that. But I think it's going to be very much individual case, isn't it, Katie? Mm. Each practice will have to look, look at what the numbers are and then make a decision if any of them relate to ex-partners, what they're going to do. And it's very unlikely that there would have been a provision for money due in. We don't know. Exactly. We never. (laughs) So let's hope, Katie, that most of them have got some money due in rather than a clawback. Let's see. So any of my clients, if you've got any numbers without a minus in front, please do send them on because I've only seen minuses so far. So I would (laughs) You know, I was getting quite frustrated for those practices who have forwarded them to me to say, what does this mean? Who is it relating to? Which I couldn't obviously answer yet. But yeah, hopefully the numbers aren't too great. And hopefully there are some provisions, at least in the accounts for those bigger numbers that we can offset it against. Yes. So like Jen said, if you are unsure and you want us to review the statements, please do alert us at the time when you get your November statements. I think the earliest they become available from some practices get the middle of the month. So if you do notice anything on there that just looks strange or somebody's name who you potentially don't recognise, just let us know and we can advise where possible. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do like and subscribe and we look forward to seeing you next time. See you, Jen. Bye, Katie. Bye. You have been listening to RBP's Accountancy on Prescription podcast. For any updates, please visit www.rbp.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at RBPCA. The contents of this podcast is for general guidance and informational purposes only and does not constitute any form of advice. The information provided by RBP is of a general nature. Appropriate and tailored advice or independent research should be obtained before making any decisions. RBP does not accept any liability for any loss or damage which is incurred from you acting or not acting as a result of listening to Accountancy on Prescription.